If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey everyone, Fraser here. Uh, This is a special bonus episode that I did with Dr. Paul Sutter when we were on our Astro Tours trip in Costa Rica. Uh, Paul and I got a chance to sit down and talk about the nature of dust and and what impact it played on the the Bicep 2 claim of discovering uh, primordial gravitational waves. Uh, and it was a fascinating conversation. Paul was on the team that helped disprove it. And so he had really a, a front seat to how this all went down. And I also just wanted to give you an idea. This is sort of the kind of content, the kinds of things that we do during our Astro Tours. Uh, the next cool one that we're going to be doing is, of course, our All-Stars Party, uh, which is going to be held in June at Joshua Tree. It's going to be me, Paul Sutter, Pamela, uh, Skylius, John Michael Godier, and it goes from June 26th to the 30th. Um, and we're going to be staying at this really fancy hotel. We're going to be looking at the stars every night, and we're going to be going on all kinds of interesting trips around the area. So if you're interested go to astrotours.co slash allstars and you can find out more information. The deadline to sign up is March 26th, 2019. And if you went before and the price seemed a little high, uh, they've lowered the price. So you might it might be uh, in your budget now. So check that out, astrotours.co slash allstars. All right, on to the interview. All right, so I'm here in Costa Rica with a whole bunch of my best friends. Yay! And, and of course, my other, uh, one, another one of my best friends, uh, Dr. Paul Sutter. Paul. Just one of many best one of friends. Many, well, so I, many I, best friends. You just introduced you all the other best friends. You do realize that best is a superlative. There can only yeah. be one right. best friend. You can't have many. I, I just have explained friend? that I did. Okay. Okay, never mind. Never mind. But the, but the, <laughs> the, so the purpose of this, of course, is you know whenever uh, Paul and I are on one of the Astro Tours, this one in Costa Rica, I like to uh, corner him and grill him on a bunch of astronomy questions, uh, and this is no exception. And so the topic that I wanted to talk about today, Paul, is dust. Dust. And, and I talk about this all the time, and I use it like, like gas and dust, gas and gas dust, that's all gas, gas and dust. Or dust and right. gas. <laughs> dust and gas, yeah. So, you know, like over there, you know, in the beginning, the universe was gas and dust, and then stars form in regions of gas and dust, dust. And, yeah. and planets are obscured by gas, gas and, and dust, dust. And, the, and the discovery disc of... Disc of the Milky Way is full of gas and dust, yeah. And so this dust... Like, I have no personal experience with it. I'm assuming it's small. What, when astronomers are talking about dust, what are they talking about? Right. So, are you familiar in general with the concept of dust? Like, I think of, like, smoke from a fire or, like, a dust storm. It's a bunch of tiny junk. Right. All right. It turns out the universe is full of a bunch of tiny junk. And we're talking about... uh, Little, little molecules of, of hydrogen, carbon, oxygen, 
bound together. Uh, we're talking about water molecules. We're talking about uh, uh, carbon elements. It's it's all the basic building blocks of you, me, planets, stars, but just flung out there. And it's everywhere. Like we see it in the solar system. We call it it's the... Oh, you can actually literally see it. We call it zodiacal light. Right. Yep. That's the reflection of sunlight off of dust, dust yep. in the solar system. Of, and these are like micrometeorites. These are molecules. These are just you know little chains of, of hydrocarbons. It's it's just just junk. Like someone needs to clean this place up. <laughs> yeah. So then, where do I have to make that differentiation between gas and dust? Right. Like. Because I'm again, I just use that term, gas and dust. Gas, 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 and gas, dust. gas, dust. So, so which is the gas, and what, and and that's different from the dust. So usually the gas is going to be more elemental. It might be pure hydrogen or pure helium. Uh, and as soon as you start building more complex molecules, you start making dust because those complex molecules are going to do behave differently. They're going to react with light differently. They're going to react with each other differently. They're going to. Uh, have different changes in temperature and density uh, when exposed to heat and radiation than gas will. And so it's as soon as you start building those more complex molecular chains, you transition from just being a gas to being a dust. So then the idea that you have a dust means that some kind of process has happened. Something is, there's been some intermediate step. And so what are the sources of this dust that we're going to see out there in the universe. Right. This dust that we see in solar systems and galaxies and even between galaxies comes from everything. Right. So if you, if you blow up a star and you have a supernova and some of those elements escape out into the galaxy or past the galaxy and they start mixing with other elements and they start bonding together and forming molecules... You get some dust. If you form planets in a solar system and a bunch of those planets smash together and spread their bits all over the the surrounding part of the galaxy, you get dust. If you process uh, ingredients near a supermassive black hole as material is falling in and grinding against each other and subject to intense heat and pressures, then they get ejected, you get dust. It's just the accumulation of all the fun astrophysical processes that can happen inside of a galaxy. Right. And so I think where dust is is quite difficult for astronomers is that it has made a lot of of previous discoveries ended up being wrong because astronomers didn't understand what the impact of that dust yes. was. Yes, exactly. Because the fundamental problem is if you look at a star, like you can pick a star out in the sky and you look at the star, you're not seeing the pure, unadulterated light from that star as it was emitted from its surface. You're seeing that light after it's passed through all those light years of dust between us and the star. And that dust affects the light. It can scatter it. It can shape it, it can change its polarization, it can change its wavelength, it can shift it around depending on what kind of dust and how thick of the dust and where the dust is. And so the, 
light that you're getting isn't pure starlight. It's starlight that's been filtered through dust. And, and I guess, you know, will an astronomer not know that that dust is there? Like, they, do they have techniques to, to know which of the light is the du- which is being obscured by the dust and which is the pure starlight that they should be seeing? Yes, this is, this is like 98% of astronomy is, <laughs> is yeah. figuring out what is dust and what is not dust. Thankfully, we have some tools. One, we have physics. We know what the dust itself is made of because we can look at things like the zodiacal light where we know, wow, that light, that is reflected light off of dust. So we can capture its properties. We can understand it. We see what it's made of. We have laboratories where we try to recreate what interstellar dust or intergalactic dust might look and behave like and understand how light gets filtered through it. And we understand molecules and molecular interactions and interactions of molecules with light. So we bring all this to bear and we look at a, a single star and I'll just say it, we do our best to remove the effects of things like dust. Just Dust is just one of many things you need to remove, but it's a big thing. And we just do our best to subtract out the effects of the dust. There are different ways to do this astronomically. Say, say you have two stars that are very, very identical, or you know they're identical, but they're in different parts of the sky. Then say one is in a direction perpendicular to the disk of the galaxy, and one is in a direction along the disk of the galaxy and maybe further away. Then you know the one that's further away in our disk is going to have to pass through more dust compared to the light from the one that's nearby and above us. And you can compare those differences and get a handle on what the dust is doing to the light. Once you have that handle, you can apply it to other stars. Right. So it's kind of like when you're looking at the sun at Which you the, should never do. No, you're looking at the sun with proper eye protection. Thank you. Um, and when you look at the sun directly up, uh, it you know looks more yellowy-white. And when you're looking at it down closer to the horizon, it's going through more atmosphere yeah. and it's getting more, you know, more, we're seeing it more red because more of the other light is getting scattered yeah, away. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And you, and you yeah. know that it's still the same sun. It was the sun high up in the sky and it's the sun as it's getting towards sunset. And so it's what's going on in the atmosphere in between exactly. that's you're changing You're not your seeing view. the sun. You're seeing sun plus atmosphere. Right. And then knowing, making those two measurements will allow you to figure out how much of what you see of the sun is the atmosphere. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, but it's, it's, it's kind of strange that, that there's this thing that, as you say, 98% of astronomy that haunts astronomers that, and we'll get to this in a little bit here, has ruined, uh, you know, potential for winning Nobel Prizes, um, and yet never like actually even like touched it like are there any plans to try and like pull some of this material out of the solar system and bring it home or some of the dust in our solar system is of interstellar origin and we have missions on the international space station there i think there was a dust collector on new horizons if i remember right Mm. Uh, where, where it impacted like a little little gel thing and we can look at the the dust in the outer solar system and we know that some of it is of didn't wasn't born here. Right. It just kind of filtered in because we're swimming in it. Right. And 
But most of the work of understanding dust, believe it or not, there are some astronomers who are dusty astronomers, who are experts on dust. Yeah. Like, this is all they do, is yeah. they, they like the dust. Right. They, that pesky starlight is so annoying. <laughs> right. they, they prefer the dust. Um, it's just by doing astronomy as it's always done, which is looking at different objects in different wavelengths, in different directions, trying to put all the puzzle pieces together. One of those puzzle pieces is dust. And so, uh, to kind of bring this around, right, there's this really big discovery that was announced back in 2014 that they had seen direct evidence of primordial gravitational waves in the cosmic microwave background, and this was the smoking gun for inflation, and we've talked about this on, a, on another episode with, with, with Pamela, so I don't want to go too deep in, into this idea, but, and I'm sure most people listening to this show, I hope, remember this time when it was like, it's, you know, this is it, Nobel Prizes for everybody because, you know, we've got this confirmation for, for inflation, and then it turned out it was dust. It was dust. So can you tell me a little bit, because I know you were on the team that detected the dust. Right, right. So at this time in 2014, I was a member of the Planck collaboration. Planck is a, was a satellite observing the cosmic microwave background in many, many frequencies and doing all sky maps. So doing relatively low resolution compared to other experiments, but doing the whole sky and doing a very, very good job of it. We're very proud of ourselves. And... We are trying to understand this primordial light, this light that has been around for 13.8 billion years and has filtered through billions and billions of light years of dust to get to us. And the dust does a very, very specific thing to microwave light. The dust changes the polarization of you know, every, every electromagnetic radiation has two polarizations, and it changes one of the polarizations of it. So it affects it in a very, very subtle way. So in, in that if I looked at the microwave with my polarized, with my 3D glasses, yeah. you know, uh, and, and my 3D glasses happen to be space telescopes, yeah. very and, large. and my eyes happen to be microwave, microwave sensors, sensors. Yep. then I would see this the way the light was being the right if, if being I, I could show yeah. you pure unadulterated cosmic microwave background light and the light that actually reaches your sensors attached to your face yeah and you would see a little bit difference right because of the presence of dust between you and that light right so we're trying to get to that light we're trying to understand what the universe was like 13.8 billion years ago, which means we have to remove the effects of the dust. We have to get rid of that. Yeah. And uh, us in the Planck collaboration, at the time this announcement was made, we were building, putting together our first round of results. We had a bunch of data. We had been collecting data for a year and a half. We were doing all the hard work. And it's, and it's a tricky, tricky thing to figure out what's dust and what's not dust. But there are various, many, many papers with very gory mathematical details that have all the recipes you need to pull the dust out of, out of these maps. How to know it. dust from not dust. Exactly. Okay. And the BICEP collaboration who made this announcement 
they were trying to get at this primordial signal of inflation. That signal that they were looking for can also be generated by dust. The way the dust impacts the cosmic microwave background light mimics the way this primordial inflation thing affects the microwave light. So if you just see it, you're like, wow, I got a signal. Okay, are you looking at inflation or are you looking at dust? They had an experiment at the South Pole that was very, very high resolution, super, super detailed, but a very, very small patch of the sky because it's just one telescope sitting on Earth. So they needed to know, in order to do their analysis, they needed to know in this patch of the sky that we're staring at, what is, what's the dust in that direction? If I know for sure the dust in that direction, I can pull out the effects of the dust, and if there's any signal of this exotic thing left over, then I know that's right. primordial inflation signal. So, but with their experiment by themselves, they couldn't figure out the dust. They need to rely on something like Planck to provide the dust map. Which was doing sort of an all-sky survey of where all the dust was. All the dust, all the cosmic microwave right. background light. And then they could check their little area yes. against the big map, and that would, and then figure exactly. out. Exactly. Right. And the, why, the reason it needs to be done with Planck and not Bicep is various mathematical reasons. You need the whole sky in order to be able to pull out the dust. Right. So we were still working in Planck. We were still working on what's dust and what's not dust. But someone gave a presentation at a conference showing a preliminary map of, hey, here's, here's the dust in the sky, in, in the microwave band. Um, they technically weren't supposed to give that slide. Right. It was preliminary. Right. Someone from the BICEP collaboration took a picture of that slide. Right. Used that picture and said, aha, here is the dust map. Here is the dust everywhere in the sky, everywhere in our universe. Yeah. They took that, folded it into their own analysis, and said, okay, we've subtracted the dust. And we're fine. And we're fine, and here's our primordial signal. Right. This is, a, this is like fourth-hand information to me. Sure. I'm, I'm just repeating rumors, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, think the bicep yeah, people yeah. say this is, this is yeah. how it went down. Yeah. And they made the big announcement, and like... 45 minutes later, there is an email from the leads of the Planck Collaboration to say, okay, step one, do not talk to any media. Right. <laughs> step two, we are having a, a collaboration meeting right now <laughs> to, to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I remember in the, in the collaboration meeting, in the emails and the conversations, uh, we formed like a, an emergency working group to like figure out, just figure out what's going on. Like, like why, how are they claiming this? where they get this dust map, everything. And we figured out the source, we figured out what was going on, and the dust map that the BICEP collaboration used was wrong. <laughs> because it was preliminary. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. We weren't done yet. Right, right, We were still, right. like, fixing all our, our codes and, and yeah. you know, cleaning everything up. We were yeah. cleaning up our dust. Yeah, and, cleaning up dust, yeah. And we, we weren't done yet. Yeah. So internally in the Planck collaboration, we knew within, I'd say, a week, that the result was wrong. But because our analysis wasn't finished, we couldn't make that public. Right. Because we weren't done. 
Well, we just knew that their dust map was wrong, but we didn't have the final dust map. Right. So we and and so it was another, I think, three or four months before our data and our analysis went public. But we had to we made a special press release that was like cleared by the. There's all sorts of hilarious internal politics that went into this, uh, saying like, no, it's sorry, it's dust. Uh, they they used the wrong right the right, wrong right. map. And and this is not the first time that dust has has destroyed someone's mm-hmm. scientific mm-hmm. discovery. And it won't be the last. No. Dust is always there. It's super annoying. Unless you're interested. In dust. <laughs> sure and, and, and that's the most exciting thing in the universe. Right. Uh, but, it's, but it's pernicious because dust, like I mentioned, is all sorts of things. It's all the stuff that's not gas and right. like not obviously a star or planet. Right. So it's like that's a pretty wide range of yeah. things. And all the different things are going to have different effects on different kinds of light different wavelengths and different bands in different ways at different temperatures and it's just it's a mess uh, on that note thank you so much paul <laughs> astronomy's hard i know i know where can people find out what you're working on uh they can visit pmsutter.com that's my website it has links to everything i do you can also follow me on social media at paul matt sutter uh you can check out askaspaceman.com for my podcast spaceradioshow.com for my radio show and if people want to join us on tours like we're doing yeah, right now... Yeah, you can go to astro.tours. Oh, I thought it was astrotours.co. It's both. It's both. Okay, I like ast- saying astro.tours. I like astro.tours, astro.tours, astro.tours too. Astro.tours. I'm going to use that from here yes. on out. That's great. All right, thanks, Paul. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yay! Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.